0: see put out there I spent some time with our leadership team in the beginning of the year talking about this um, that I, I had felt quite some time ago and I mean possibly 12 11 years ago that when I was praying and I was asking because I, I I'm, I'm a I'm simple okay I may, maybe it's maybe it's I'm a dummy but I don't need somebody to give me 12 pages of instructions just point at me and tell me to do it a few basic tips i'm good to go kind of figure the rest out but i don't know if any of y'all like that you're doing a job and somebody's over your shoulder and they're micromanaging and nitpicking i'll just hand it to them and say here you go you do it you know how to do it you take care of it. but if you just say okay there's the there's the space we want the wall put up and just do what you do and just tell me how high how wide do you want it we'll figure we'll, we'll get it done look great but don't stand there and say, well, you can't hold a hammer like that. Uh, don't hold the saw like that. Well, you, you can do it your own happy self. Amen. And so that, that's, that simplistic thing, and I, I think sometimes we overcomplicate sometimes the things of God. I think that's safe to say. Sometimes we overcomplicate the things. As a matter of fact, there are ministries built upon complicated mysticism, you know, that God is this mysterious mystic you know you gotta you know hold your hand a certain way when you worship and you gotta you know you gotta get these certain feelings and vibrations and 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 it's not that mystical it's it's not um pleasing God is not mystical following after God's will is not mystical knowing the purpose of God is not mystical but some people feel that by if I make it mystical then you know I have to have people follow me rather than Christ but the plan of God and things of God are, are not as often as complicated as, as we make them to be. And especially in this term, revival. Everybody say revival. That we use quite often that I use. And I, I, I think it's a, an aptly uh, usable word. The word revival means to make something that was dead live again. Uh, one definition says a new act of an old play and so when we say revival we're not speaking to the world revival would literally mean to the church to make us live again make our fire for prayer live again make our passion for working in the kingdom to live again but we kind of use it as an all-encompassing word when we say revival we not only mean the church but we, we also mean the sinner right we, you know revival means new sinners and and in its technical definition, it really doesn't, but I think we all understand when we say revival, that's kind of our, our word that we throw out that, that revival means any of the following, healing, filling, saving, delivering, breakthrough, all of these things. Uh, but but there, are, there is a more defined term, and that is harvest, And because a harvest is a gathering. It's not a resurrecting, it's a gathering. Now, I'll say it like this, we cannot have we cannot reap a harvest until we are revived. Okay. So revival still does work in the context that we're saying because if if the church is dead, God's not going to allow a harvest to come into that church. All right. And so we need to make sure that we are revived. Amen. Every day I need revival. That means I need to be revived every now some of you may wake up now i'm going to shock some of you and, and hopefully you're sitting near somebody and they can catch you in case you hit the floor start passing out <clears throat> this may shock you um uh, and i gave fair warning so no lawsuits if you faint on this one this may be quite shocking but uh, after 20 uh, almost 23 years of full-time ministry i do not wake up in the morning yawning and begin to speak in tongues my feet don't hit the floor and i get a holy shiver up my spine and just start dancing into the the kitchen to start making my coffee and just speak in tongues and then flow under revelations for two and anybody says they do that they're lying like a rug now it might happen every once in a while but it ain't happening every day You want to know why because when you wake up in the morning the first thing you face is the gravity of your flesh and the longer you live the heavier that gravity is wake up and i mean i used to pop out of bed like a like a jack in the box coming out of the box not anymore i i lay there for a minute and go am i ready for the pain that's about to ensue And I put, my, I put my feet on the floor. Don't even smile. You don't even know what we're talking about. You just need to look very pathetic and sympathetic with us right now. We don't need anybody under 30 smiling at this because you're going to get there. And you put your, especially somebody like me, you know, I've, I've been broken from the waist down more than your whole family's been in two generations. You know, I've got more metal in me than the cars and the pickup. And I, they're out in the parking lot. And I put my legs and put my feet on the floor and I sit there for a second and I think you know what it's uh it's about to go down so let's take a deep breath and I don't just stand up anymore somebody help me I have to rock a little bit to get you don't just sit on the side of the bed and just stand up you you start using you start using d- Start using dynamics, and, and you start using uh, uh, force, and you start you'll kind of rock a little bit to get up out of the bed, and and when you stand up, your back pops three times, both knees, both hips, both ankles, toes, fingers, neck, and you stand up, and all of a sudden you almost get lightheaded because altitude change from living at such a at that at that y'all know what I'm talking about. Then you, then you snap, crackle, and pop your way across the bedroom and hope you don't wake up the neighbors or three dead people in the cemetery. And you get into the kitchen and turn on the electric kettle and grind those coffee beans. And, and if you couldn't smell them coffee beans, you'd be passed out on the floor like a puddle of goo. And, and, and the coffee bean, the aroma of, you, know, you might even snort some grounds. I don't know what you do. But until you get that beautiful, beautiful brown liquid into that cup and presses to your lips and you take a drink and then everything goes back into alignment with the universe once again and buddy doesn't ever get in alignment you walk around for a minute and you're like okay i can conquer this day and 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 then you have a little talk with jesus tell him all about your troubles and it's only been eight minutes since your feet got on the floor and Did I just describe y'all's morning, or is that just mine? And, you, and then you think about your day and all the things. You've got to do all the calls and texts and, 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 and the checkups and checkdowns and checkouts and check-ins and all of these things that you got going on. And you get to the bottom of that cup, Brother Roomba, and you realize that you're going to need more Jesus and more caffeine just to get to 10 o'clock. And so you pour that second cup, and you review your day again mentally and your processing y'all with me right now yes. amen and and see see we need this along with our process every day we've got to revive this body just to get out the door and make a living we've got to revive our spirit to go meet a demon-filled dark world amen, Pastor. Yes. our spirit's got to be revived in that same manner every day the longer you go without prayer The longer you go without reading your Bible, the the further span you get between uh, just worshiping the Lord in your private time, whether it's with music or psalm or whatever it is, the the, the, the harder, I mean, the the joints of your spirit man begin to lock up, and and you're sluggish and you're lethargic. And the only way to get over that is to revive that spirit man every day. Amen. Because you're, you're not going to see a harvest until there's a reviving. You're, you're not going to make it to work until you revive that body. You jumped in that hot shower, cold shower, and you brushed them nasty teeth and comb that funky hair and go to work. And then you're going to harvest a paycheck the same way happens in the spirit if we don't get it internally right and internally aligned then that harvest of our family being saved gets further and further out of our drift like a ship being pulled away by the currents of the ocean from a dock it just gets further and further out of reach keep yourself moored keep yourself locked in and tied in to the flow of God's will for your life by staying revived in the Holy Ghost every day you live on the way to work, have revival. I hope to see you uh, Thursday night or Sunday or Friday or whenever I see, and I hope that you will tell me, Pastor, I am in my second day of revival, and it's great. I had revival this morning, and I'm telling you God's working on me. Amen. We, that, that used to be a big mark of who, who the good churches were. I'm going to tell you that maybe some of the secrets, you know, it's a, that church has been in a six-week revival. Oh, my God. They must be. oh, Lord, how spiritual. They're in a 14-week revival. My, they've been in revival for six months. I remember when Modesto, uh, Bishop Keys, and them, they were in revival uh, for nine months with uh, evangelist Chris Craft. Nine months. And I was a young evangelist thinking, my God. Nine months in one church. I run out of sermons in a few weeks. My Lord, nine months. And, and oh, you know what? You need to have a 365-day revival every year. You need That means you need to pray. You need to worship. You need to preach to yourself. That's getting in the Word. And you need to have an altar call. And take up an offering too. That's fine. And reward yourself at the end of the day. Amen. <laughs> but have revival every day. Because you're not going to get a harvest until you're revived. I, I want to say it as a church. I'm talking about, what's my title tonight? A book, a book of Acts model for church growth. All right. I keep going with the one I almost went with in my mind how is the church going to grow if it's dead how's it going to live without prayer how is it how is it how now we can perform we we're good at performance and i I don't mean that necessarily in a a disparaging way we we know how to flow we we know how and and that's a lot of ways that's good um I could probably get on the piano, make a little noise, and about two and a half, three minutes, we'd be up clapping and, and, and then turn it down and then play something, you know, more slow, and then we'd be hands lifted and weeping. And, that, and all of that's flowing with it. We know how to do that. But do we know how to flow outside these four walls? Because, because the Bible says in, that his spirit is life. His spirit is life. And for us to have that book of Acts model for church growth. Church growth does not start in this room. That is the biggest. Now, let me tell you what will start in this room. If you have church growth only in here, only in here, but not in here, you have church infection. You have church swelling. I, 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 uh, my wife's not here to filter me. <laughs> Babe, if you're texting me, I've got my notifications off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> About five minutes, a carrier pigeon's going to flop in here with a note tied to its foot. She's going to text Brother Alonzo. He's going to be back there giving me signals. And- <laughs> I'd do revival, especially as a single evangelist. I would, one of the first things I'd do is look for what night they had prayer. And I would always hope that night wasn't on a scheduled revival. See, when we used to have revival, now my first revival as a full-time evangelist was two weeks, seven nights a week, twice on Sunday. I ran out of messages the first week. So I just gave them different titles and switched the points up and preached them again. They didn't know. <laughs> I used to carry around a leather attache case that Bishop Hurst gave me. And I carried my Bible in there, my notebook, three-ring binder. I had all my sermons in there, clipped in there. And I had another Bible in there. And I'd carry it in and walk it up and set it on the chair on the platform sit it right beside it somebody asked me one time what do you have in there is, is that what you bring revival with is, is that and i said no i got a couple why two bibles I said well in case i run out of things to preach in one <laughs> <laughs> but i would i would hope that they because the average revival was Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. That's how the average revival was for years. And, uh, but I would always hope they would have a prayer meeting night that was, that was on the schedule that they would keep. Because one of the things that I could do is slip into that prayer meeting and find out where the church's commitment to harvest is. Amen. Amen it was really simple now uh, and it wasn't just sometimes that sometimes you'd see the same crowd at prayers you'd see on Sunday night that's great but it was there was no prayer it was just it was uh, noise it was grunts and groans and sniffs and sniffles it was not and I would just go okay well one of two things has happened here either either they don't want to pray or or they don't know how to pray and or a lot of times go to a church and my God, they're climbing the walls and ripping the light fixtures out, screaming and talking in tongues and dancing. You know, hey, they're ready because harvest, harvest only follows revival and revival is what the church does. Revival doesn't start here. Revival's not what happens here. Revival must first start outside the church with us. If that makes sense? So we can kind of fake our way through it. And that's real easy. We can dance when we know we're supposed to dance, clap when we know we're supposed to clap, run the aisles when we know we're supposed to, weep and cry, and all of these things, and then walk right out those double doors and never consider our spiritual well being until we come back to church. And if that becomes the case, then God cannot allow a harvest to come into our life until we allow revival to happen in our life. Bishop uh, Billy Hale uh, started, uh, actually, Brother Keith Clark started the church in Denver and then Brother Hale took the church. Brother Danny Hood has the church now. It's his father-in-law. Great revival church in Denver, runs several hundred people. And I remember... Uh, when we first started the church in Vacaville, I was at a meeting where Bishop Hale was preaching, and uh, he was really challenging churches to to dig deep into a prayer life. And he said um, he said that uh, people would ask him, "Brother Hale, how is how how goes revival at the church?" And he would say, "What? We're not having revival." And they would look at him stunned. I mean, he has one of the larger churches. And he said, uh, now we're not having revival right now. And they'd say, well, I just, you know, I just saw pictures and and, and the place was packed out. Several hundred people there. He said, there's a lot of people there, but we're not having revival. Now, I I remember sitting there thinking, my God, he's being completely honest here. This is shocking. He said, we're not having revival. I said, what do you mean you're? You're not having revival, the place is packed out. He said, "Oh no, it's full. But the church is not having revival. And they asked him, he said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, you know, the sanctuary holds about 800 or 1,000. It's packed out on Sunday. But, but when we have prayer on Saturday night, there's less than 100 people there. So, no, we're not having revival. so he told the story he said a little later somebody come to him and said well, same person saw him at another meeting Brother hell how's revival in denver he says well it's it's growing it's not quite there and, and they again looked at him and said brother hell i mean i heard you guys were having to you know maybe go to multiple services he goes, oh yeah the place is packed out he said but we're only up to about 250 people in prayer. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm greatly concerned. I'm burdened. And it wasn't until a couple of years later, this same person came to him and said, How's revival? And they said, and Brother Hale said, He got If you know Brother Hale, he doesn't get emotional at all. He's very, very um, mellow. And he got excited. And he, lived, he just kind of did a little jump and said, Whoa, we are having revival. He said, My God, we had 600 people at prayer on Saturday night. Now we're having revival. See, what they didn't ask him was, are you having harvest? Yeah. What they were meaning was, are you having good church? That's what they meant, because that's what we term in our Pentecostal thinking, that revival is, are they running the aisles, are they dancing, is, are everybody feeling good, back-slapping, high-fiving good programs, how's the youth group doing, how's your music going, because that's revival. No, that, that, that is culture. Revival starts here. It starts here. It starts, I'm talking about a New Testament strategy for church growth. A book of Acts model for church growth. I want to, for God to grow this church. Listen, he's got to grow this church. Amen. If If I want my family to be saved, and I do, listen, I want them to be saved in a revival church. And and I know what some of you might be thinking right now. Pastor, you said New Testament church growth, and I've got a feeling you're about to talk about Thursday night. And you have a wonderful gift of suspicion. (laughs) Because I am going to talk about Thursday night. My prayer is that our Thursday nights become the most attended service in the week. Now, let me tell you what that doesn't mean. That doesn't mean pastor said he only wants us to go to Thursday night prayer. We can go on vacation every weekend. No, that's not. Because if you're really praying that prayer, you won't come to that conclusion. I have got to revive, just like I got to revive this every day I gotta revive my spirit band every day. Because until, I I know this is not deep and profound and what, you know, but I've gotta revive this every day like I've gotta revive this every day. My God, I wake up in the morning and I've got, my wife says I do a science project every morning because the way I do my coffee, I can't help it. Her taste buds are burnt with Starbucks junk coffee I get up every morning and I turn on my electric kettle, Elder Henderson, and I grind those beautiful beans and I put them in my Chemex and I pour that boiling hot water on top of those beans and they bloom. And you can almost feel the Holy Ghost when that happens because it releases an aroma into un- your nostrils that, I'm telling you, and, and, and oh, hallelujah. and I. And I go and I take my oatmeal because I eat oatmeal every morning. I have for seven years, I eat it every morning. And I don't put. I don't like mine hot, I put milk on them and I let them soak for a while while I'm making my coffee. You don't have to do this, you can still be saved without doing this. And, and, and I take that, you know, wait for that milk to, get to, 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 to begin to tenderize that oatmeal in that bowl. And I get my coffee ready and some mornings I'm in, I want it black mood and some mornings I want, uh, some cream in it and, and I get it all ready and I sit down and I eat it and then when I get done eating it and I'm facing the day then I reach down and, and I have pre-packaged I package them 10 days at a, in advance and I have pre-packaged vitamin pouches and little little Ziploc snack bags and and there's I think there's like 33 or 35 vitamin capsules that I take every morning <laughs> And I take so many, a lot of mornings, uh, I, I, they kind of get hung up. I don't know if you, y'all take enough vitamins to do that. And that's why I take a piece of butter toast and I put some apricot preserves on it or some blackberry jam. And and when it gets hung up, I just take a big old drink of milk and some toast, amen, and I knock all that log jam of uh, vitamins on down a little bit further and I take some more and my wife looks at me with the greatest sympathy and empathy and and, and I just take the rest of them and, and I don't know if they're doing good or not but I'm going to keep taking them. Uh, I got to quit, quit reading books on, on new discoveries of vitamins because as soon as they say we have found this I already go out and get it I don't even care what the rest of it says and, and, and I take that and, and, and so I prepared myself for The day I have gotten my, my physical man, everybody say my physical man, I've got my physical man ready, I've got him revived, albeit it ain't what it was 20 years ago, I've got it revived and I'm moving forward with the day. How much more consideration should we give to our spirit man to revive it every day, to say I need to give it the vitamins of the word of God. I need to wash it down with tongue talk and prayer. I need, come on, I need to revive my spirit every day. Yes. Created me a clean heart, oh God. Renew within me a right spirit. I don't need that to happen on Sundays. I need it to happen every day of the week. So that the New Testament model, the book of Acts model of church growth starts with us as individuals. Starts with us. Amen. Now, here's what I've learned. God can have, you can see a revival or a harvest break out in the church with just four, five, six people coming together into that unity and seeing that break loose. But it is infinitely harder than when you can get at least half of the church on the same page. It's rare you'll get all the church on the same page. I mean, you you can, you can, say, we're going to take a church vote, is the sky blue? And there's always going to be one cantankerous person that believes the earth is flat. It's going to say, no, the sky's not really blue. If you look out of the corner of your eye, it's kind of got a purple hue to it. Well, no, the sky is blue. All right. So it may not get us all on the same page, but I've seen this happen, uh, and this is why I was so thankful I evangelized for uh, years, as an evangelist school and church, I could see this happen. Go to churches where the majority of people were just content to come to church, go home, don't, don't, don't stir the nest too much. But there would be a core. And that core was dynamic in prayer and fasting and evangelism and in the word. And what you would see happen is God appeal to the fire of the few rather than the lethargy of the many. And you'd see revival stir up and i could tell you stories right now you look at me and go i don't i don't don't think i believe that of what church people do when revival and harvest starts happening and they're not revived within themselves i've seen them i've seen them cuss people i'm talking about supposed to be holy ghost filled people cuss people out for sitting in their family's pew so they're not saved they should, yeah, you know why they weren't saved? Because if they had a prayer life, they wouldn't have done that. I've seen them get mad because people of their own color came into the church. I ended a revival in a church where we had some African-American folks receiving the Holy Ghost and hear them be told that there's a church across town they'd feel more welcome in. See, praying people don't don't act like that. Revived, people don't act like that. It's amazing what people will do under the guise of, of holiness and following Scripture when there ain't no prayer in their life. Y'all with me right now? They turn out to be like the Pharisees who, who nailed Jesus to the cross because they had all the Scripture but they had no connection with God, and, and they felt justified that as long as they obeyed the letter of the law, it didn't didn't. that's why Jesus said, you profess me with your lips, you praise me with your lips, but inside you are dead man's bones. I don't, I don't, I don't want, I want to be alive in the spirit within me, alive every day. Somebody say revival, revival. Starts, with starts with me. Look at your neighbor and say, get up tomorrow, and take some spiritual vitamins. You can get your, uh, you can take your vitamin A two three eight. Take your vitamin PS nine one and one. Those are some scriptures. All right. You can take your C two and nine. All right. There's you need to get some vitamins in your life, in the Word of God. And then you need to put some prayer and spirit in your life. That's the water. That's the flow. And you need to take that every day. Amen? Because church growth begins with me. Begins with me. There's an old poem, and I can't remember it, but it basically says, what kind of church would this church be if everyone in this church were just like me? Think about it. What What kind of worship service would it be if everybody worshiped just like i worship what kind of an altar call would it be if everybody responded to the preaching just like i do what kind of what kind of growth would we see if everybody evangelized and put in the effort to evangelism like i do you got to personalize it and if and if you can't run the aisles over that answer then revival needs to start right here Starts with me. Look at your neighbor and say it starts with me. Start with me. Tell them it don't start with you. Starts with me. Start with me. me. Starts with me. Amen. Amen. We 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 try everything we can to to uh, and willfully to make things as convenient to, to keep God in the forefront of your mind. Brother Garza built a phenomenal app. People see it and they brag on it. I had a pastor not too long ago talk about how great our app was and said, you, you think he would build one for us? I said, nope. Hello. He said, really? I said, no. <laughs> no. Oh. He's already spread thin enough. I don't, I don't want to say, if we're going to spread him, we're going to spread him on our toast, not hey, yours. Yeah. Okay? We can't build you one. You didn't say yes. I did. I as soon as he stopped, put his lips together. I went, nope. Oh. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And so, uh, uh, brother, guards has put this app together. You get you get your daily Bible reading on that app. We, we upload our our, our, our our sermons there, and all of these things. One of the things I'm going to. Uh, I'm working to get back into is is trying, I'm going to try to get back into at least podcasting once a month, get back into that again. Every time I really get back into it, I have COVID flashbacks and I push the mic away and say, I'm so sick of that junk. You know? Okay. It's like you start flashing back and. Amen. Never want to use the term out of an abundance of caution again. I never want to hear that again. And so. We do these things because, it's, it, because we want you to stay connected. We want you to stay connected to the things of God. I, I, I asked him, I said, can we send push notifications through that app? I don't know if we can or not. Not yet. But I want to send eventually push notifications where you're going to get a message from that app that says, have you revived today? is your spirit alive right now or is your spirit still in bed with a chicken leg hanging out of its mouth? Have you woke the spirit up yet? Said, come on, let's get moving. Amen. Everybody say, book of Acts, model for church growth. Starts with me, right here. Revival in Jerusalem didn't happen. Harvest in Jerusalem didn't happen until there was a reviving in the upper room. We are trying to figure out every way possible to have Acts 38 through 46 without Acts 2 and 1 through 4. We do everything in our ability to try to have an Acts 2 and 38 through 46, without having the Acts 2 and 1 through 4, we have flipped it. They fasted and prayed 10 days. Peter preached about 10 minutes. 3,000 get the Holy Ghost. What do we do? We'll preach for 10 days, maybe pray 10 minutes, and then when we can't get the same results, we'll just manufacture them. We, there is a model that works. For church growth and it's found in the bible not at headquarters and they got some good tools not against it got them in my office read them i i think you understand what i'm saying we those programs that have worked other places and and could possibly work in other places those things cannot have the ability to work until we are revived spiritually i when we started the church in vacaville I end up what time did i start i didn't turn my timer on all right you lost your donut bonus for the week we started the church in Vacaville. uh we started in a the veterans uh the vfw hall it's actually right the street from the church building we're in now and uh we've been there for a few weeks and uh, the lady that ran it oh Lord I'm going to keep the Holy Ghost don't worry she was an issue let's just put it that way I had worked and worked to get visitors to the service and I got my cell phone guy and his wife to come and we were in revival Joel Bean was there preaching for us A revival's verbal Bean, sons dear friend of mine and he was preaching and the Holy Ghost Falling Conviction. We only had that place for two hours, right? And so he's preaching and the Holy Ghost Falling. My two guests come up there. They got their hands in there. They're only two guests. They're really only two. They're seeking the Holy Ghost. And you know, like nine of us are around them just praying, oh, you get the Holy Ghost. And we're praying for them. And all of a sudden we hear, wham, bop, bam, whop, slam, bam. We turn around. And this old woman over here, is grabbing chairs and slamming them together and throwing them against the wall. And we run to her like, what are you doing? Are you nuts? What are you doing? She said, y'all were supposed to have been out of here 30 minutes ago. I said, no, no. We have it till four o'clock. And she went, oh, I'm sorry. And just turned around and walked out. Well, by that time, our visitors put their hands down. They're looking around. It sounded, I mean, it sounded like gunshots were going off. It sounded like the beaches of Normandy in there. Bam, 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 bam. I got so mad. I'd like to say I was inspired with the Holy Ghost, but I was so ticked off. I said bye to my visitors, and they never came back. I mean, I was so mad. I got up that next day, and I said, I ain't having church in that place again. And we found where we went to on Orange Drive. And that was a miracle. And so, we were on Orange Drive, and uh, we started uh, having church there and got to be good friends with Pastor, the pastor of the, the host church there of the Nazarene Church, good guy. And uh, ended up praying him through the Holy Ghost sitting in the front seat of a truck. It was awesome. And so he would, he would come to me all the time. He's a, he's a reader. Uh, he's also a basketball coach. He was at Columbine during the shootings. And so just a really interesting guy. He'd come to me about every month with a book. He'd say, Pastor, have you read this book on church growth? Man, this is phenomenal. You've got to read this book and hand me a book. And I'd take it home, skim through a couple of pages. You know, usually it was some kind of charismatic dean bat. Didn't know what they were doing anyway. And I'd take him back and say, yeah, that's pretty interesting. And a month later, he'd come back. oh, you've got to read this book on revivals. It's the greatest book on revivals. Oh, the church growth and da 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 and this went on for about two or three years. And he was coming to me all the time, several times a year with a new book. You got to read this book on church growth. You're going to love it. We're going to implement these strategies. And so finally, I, I, I got up from prayer one day from being in the and I went upstairs to where his office was, and I knocked on the door, and he opened the door, and I said, hey, I've got something for you. I, I've really got something for you. And I said, this is a guaranteed plan for church growth for you. You need to read this book. And he was like, oh, yeah, what is it? And I handed him a blank spiral notebook and I laid it on his desk. And I said, you haven't written it yet. Yeah. And he said, well, he, was, he said, what do you mean? I said, as long as we keep chasing what gimmick worked for somebody else, we're gonna be more focused on programs than people. And I said, there'll be a day, it may be 20 years from now But there will be a day that I will write a book if I somehow gain the smarts between now and then about how we had great revival in this city. But until then, I'm going to use the Bible and let God tell me. I got so frustrated with the gimmicks and the boot camps and everything else they were trying to do to get that none of it lasted. That bothered me. They'd be on videos. And, we baptized 80 people, and you know, have them so drunk that you know their name. Like why are we baptizing people They aren't even sober? Yeah. I'm sorry. I think they need to know what they're doing. Yes. Coming out of the water with. Uh, blah, blah. I I mean, are, are we serious? We're, we're you're trying to bury people that aren't dead yet? Right. They haven't even repented. Oh yes. no, we had 300 people get the Holy Ghost and this deal, and blah 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 blah. blah. And 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 then and then some of them I knew the I'd say well man, how many of them people came back? Because that wasn't growth, that was swelling. Y'all with me? I may I may teach this for fifty one weeks. We've got to let the word be a pile driver to the foundations of unbiblical revival that we allow to get in us. Does that make sense? And I'm not talking about because somebody else taught it to you. Maybe it's ideas. Ways we think we've got to, there is a way for your family to be saved. You might be the only one that can reach them. But if you're waiting on the church to reach them, it may never happen. Amen? And so I want to I I close with this. I want to close this because i want some a frito boat <laughs> just don't tell my wife i had one it's too late if you'll i'll tell you when to go to the next uh graphic i want to walk them through this we'll play it if if possible go ahead and put up the powerpoint and then I'll, I'll tell you to click when to go to the next one i um i love uh Y'all may not know this about me, but I love space. I love the study. Yeah, just leave it on that one. I love the study of planets. Um, I, 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 can, I can waste hours. Well, I say waste. I can pour hours into books on astrophysics and um, astronomy. And it, I, I just I love it. Matter of fact, I, I bought myself a Christmas gift. And I bought my first ever telescope. And I put it together the other night. When we had that full moon oddly enough it was the night that uh blue killed the raccoon i should have known something was going to happen it was a full moon <laughs> and i'm out in the backyard and i'm looking at it and Addie, you know she loves she her and i uh for her whole life ever since you go walk we'll put a we'll put a blanket out in the backyard and we just lay there and look up at the stars and i'll tell you there's the big dipper little dipper and, and uh, that over there is virgo and that over there is, you know, Pegasus, and that's supposed to be Leo, and that's a lion. She goes, don't look like a lion. I said, well, it's not, it doesn't look like a lion. They, you know, they drink a lot when they come up with these things. So, they they, they, they they drank from lead cups and ate from lead utensils. These people were a little damaged in the head. None of this stuff looks like the stuff it's supposed, it's supposed to be a horse. It ain't no horse. That's three dots across 10,000 light years. That's not and so, so I love that stuff, and I love the study of planets I, I absolutely love it love, there's nothing on this earth I'd rather do than what I'm doing right now but if I weren't doing this I would, I would not be a good nerd because I'm not smart enough to be but I'd like to probably be that guy with a tinfoil hat and a white lab coat you know thinking that I understand astronomy and so um, our, our, our solar system. It's a part of a galaxy. It's a part of a universe. And within our, within our solar system, within our galaxy, there's millions of stars like our own sun that we orbit around it. gives us light, heat, energy, and all of these things. And, uh, you know, the big you know, you big bang thing. Do you know the big bang wasn't even found by a scientist? Did y'all know that? It was a Catholic priest that came up with the big bang theory. Did y'all know that? It was a Catholic priest. He came up with the Big Bang Theory and they still teach it as it could, it's viable that all of a sudden something came out of nothing. And I think I've said this before, now scientists say the Big Bang was neither big nor was it a bang. So why don't they call it the little squeak or something like that? (laughs) (laughs) So in our solar system there's nine planets, I don't care what NASA says, Pluto still counts. Pluto still counts. My very eager mother. Y'all don't remember that? How to remember the nine planets? You you learned that my very eager mother serve us nine pizzas. And if you don't, it would just end on us if you don't have Pluto. So you got to have the pizzas. Okay. So in the middle of our solar system, our solar system is our sun. Okay. It's our sun. It's our star that God placed there. Whether he did it 6,000 years ago or 10 trillion years ago, it, it really doesn't matter. He put it there. And, and then he put Mercury, then Venus, then he put the Earth. And then there's Mars and you're going out and you got the other planets going out. And so, I, there's three words I said earlier to familiarize yourself with going forward this year because it's actually in the mission statement of our church. is three words. Um, anybody but a gatekeeper do you know what those three words of the mission of our church at first church campuses is anybody but a gatekeeper and that's why you're going to hear it a lot because it's connect serve grow and about 12 or 11 years ago god spoke that to me the mission of the church should be to connect to serve to grow and three different phases one connect to god connect to each other the body of christ and connect to the center serve now this is before and believe me i can show you the graphics that are time stamped long before everybody started doing connect so grow, go you know frou-frou aardvark whatever it was those three words god gave me i come up with the cheesiest design because i'm not a graphic designer like 12 maybe it was longer than that maybe maybe it was longer than that serve serve god Serve one another. Serve the community. Grow. Grow in God. Grow together. Grow in the community. Connect, serve, grow. And in those three facets, toward the end of last year, I began to put this together. Everybody say first church. First church. Y'all passed the test. Congratulations. (laughs) Y'all got no. First church. That's the sun. that, that, That is what our lives should, should orbit around. And I don't mean first churches in the building. I mean, we are the body of Christ, right? Who is the head of the church. So I don't think it's a stretch to say that should be in the center. Jesus in the center. His church in the center. It's all encompassing. It's one. And our lives should move around that. Amen. And so... I begin to put that as our sun. Go ahead and give me the next three. You're gonna see three rings, three rings of orbit that we all need to be in if you'll leave it there. These three rings are made to visualize what brings us closer to the body, closer to Christ. And more importantly will bring others See, we always try to just jump from that first ring and drag them kicking and screaming into the middle. Or we just hope that the middle will go outside the rings and grab them. Would you imagine if the sun said, not enough light on the south side of the earth, I think I'll just jump over there real quick and warm it up. (laughs) Yeah, we wouldn't exist like that. If the earth is, I think it's eight miles closer in orbit than we are now, we'd be a burning ball of fire. Isn't it amazing? If we're eight miles further away from the sun, we'd be a block of ice. It's amazing how God positioned us. And People say it's an accident. So, so what are these three, these three circles? They, they are what our, our goal should be. And I'm going to run through this because I am going to teach on this a little more. I, I knew I wouldn't get with, done with it tonight. Give me the next slide. How do we do that? Connect groups. That is the furthest, that is the most outer ring of this. That is the, that should be the connecting point. Y'all ready for this? Hold on somebody so they don't fall out. You know what connect groups are for? Connecting. And shocker, if you don't go to one, you're not connecting. We got to connect more than just in church. It's, It's once a month, six times out of the year. Three months in the spring, three months in the summer, fall, or in the fall. Now, connect groups. That is to connect. I think there's a, a misunderstanding on this, too, That is, oh, this is a church fellowship group. No, it's not. Now, I've had people in both campuses lately call me in the last year and be like, I'm not hosting another one. Nobody ever shows up, and I always respond this way. Who did you invite? Well, I, 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 we put it out there. I thought people would know huh you're gonna open a restaurant not advertise and then well, I just this thing's not working then the book of Acts don't work that's where we're getting this from it's a book of Acts model for New Testament church growth connect people who are non-believers are more apt to connect with you than they are the church as a matter of fact it's more healthy for them to connect to you before they connect to the church. Because what we do is we just hope they, oh, Jesus, send them. And when they walk in that back door, oh, God, fill them. And then God fills them. Oh, God, keep them. And we kept talking to him, and we didn't do anything to talk to them. Amen. Yeah. And so then, well, the ministry team, pastor, they need to. This is our responsibility to connect to people. Well, I don't want people in my house. You need a revival. It's kingdom process. Well, what about COVID? I'm afraid people come out. Well, then stop buying groceries. Stop checking the mail. Stop checking the mail. Stop driving your car. Stop pumping gas. It's everywhere. I'm with Bishop Mangan on this one at... at, at <laughs> At, uh, because of the times he said something, he he said, you know, we've got several people, for key members miss. I can tell my wife is here right now. She, I'm, I bet she's looking through that camera right now. He said something, and that place erupted. I thought it was going to be offensive, but it wasn't. Place erupted. He said they, we got several key leaders that aren't here. He said they texted me yesterday, and they said, Pastor, pray for us. We got, we all tested positive for COVID. He said I called him back and said, you mean you got the flu? that's what it is now we gave it a name we're all scared of it yeah. the next strain they might name aardvark and we're going to be to Pray for me I got, oh, I got aardvark okay see pastor you're just belittling it too much no you, you're, you're afraid of it too much yeah. all right so I don't want people I might get but then stop buying groceries grow your own garden kill your own beef don't let anybody touch anything right. don't breathe fresh air we cannot use this fear tactic from the devil to stop the church from growing. So you get people connect to, if you get people Did you know, most research shows that if a new person or a new family does not make five friendships in the first six weeks, they come to a church, they'll never come back. But what do we do? We pray with them in the altar. Oh, God. And then maybe get a little cup of coffee. We'll see you Tuesday, Sunday. God bless you. And we've built our church models in the last 20 years on trying to be the friendliest church in town. Every church in this town is friendly. I think you'd be hard-pressed to walk into a church. They wouldn't be friendly to you. I mean, if you acted normal, if you walked in there and started acting a fool, they probably wouldn't be friendly to you. But people are looking for a friendly church. You know what people are looking for? Friendship. Looking for somebody to connect with. That's the outer ring. I'll break this down more next week. That's the outer ring. That, 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 is, that is our first connection. Everybody say first connection. You, listen, I'm gonna, I know I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again just because I know it ruffles feathers. I'd rather people go to your connect group before they come to church. I'd rather them go to all your Connect groups before they come to one service. You want to know why? Because they're making a lasting connection. We've seen it work. We've seen we've baptized people that went to Connect groups for two years, and then when they got to church, they knew half the church. They were already connected. All right, that's Connect Group. Take me to the next one. Getting a little closer. Next is what? Fellowship groups. Now that's different than a Connect group connect group is about fellowship group would be about now that's doing something outside of connect group we're not we're not launching this yet i'm hoping some of you'll take the personal initiative to to fellowship i I know i think some of the guys were going out shooting guns saturday that's a fellowship group maybe I, i know churches where some of the ladies they get together every morning and they walk two or three miles or something like that that, and they talk about the goodness of God. They do Bible studies. That's a fellowship group. So now we've got them connected. We're connected. Now we need to build a relationship through fellowship. Notice I haven't even talked about a Bible study yet. We are so quick to try to push the Bible down somebody's throat. We haven't even shown them we loved them yet. The old adage is true. They don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Well, I got to get them in the water or they're going to go straight to hell. What if they die in a car wrecking? I think. Get... Hold on. What if God's still in control? What if you push them further away by trying to beat them over the head with the Bible? Then embrace them with fellowship. I just don't know. I'm, I'm already so busy. Oh, Lord. Hey. You know. Order some dominoes, stick it in your own oven, and pull it out. They'll think you cooked it. And have them over. Go get you a bucket of Popeye's chicken. I'll come over for that one. Even uninvited, I'll climb in the back window if you leave it unlocked. And that's aside from connect group. Because a fellowship group, it's Christian, it's biblical-centered, but you're building a relationship to get them to a Bible study. You notice the first two things is all about making that person feel like you You care. You truly love them. You want to build a bond and a relationship with them. And then the third ring, which is closer and closest to the church, if you'll click the next, is discipleship. Because discipleship really actually began when you first connected. And discipleship is where Bible studies come in. How many like to have a Bible study group going in your house one night a week? Have a discipleship group going on in your home. You can have 20 people going through a Bible study. We got Bible studies that go 12 weeks in my father's house. All of these different Bibles, you are discipling them. And as they're growing in God, they're getting closer and closer and closer and by the time they get into that part where it is the church where the body of Christ is where Christ the head of the church is they've already been connected they're already established in relationship and you're already making a disciple see this takes a whole lot more work than just somebody preaching on evangelism we come and cry and give ourselves away and then pick ourselves back up walk out this is a New Testament model church growth. Has nothing to do with gimmicks. Or tricks. Or trends. Or fads. Or strategies. It's just what they did in the word of God. Brother Lucas if you'll come. I'm going to close on that. I want you to pray every day. God help me. Help me. To revive. Because I want to disciple somebody. This year. I'd rather you make a disciple than run the aisles 10 times on Sunday. What did Jesus say in Acts chapter 1? He said, go tarry in Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father until you be endued with power from on high. Then what did he say? And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and into the other parts of the earth. Listen. Listen church growth starts here it starts with me it it, it doesn't start with our praise team it it, it doesn't start with our media our ushers it doesn't start with Sunday school nursery programs and youth programs revival starts right here all right, pastor I've been doing that but I just nothing's happening don't worry hold on brother hold on sister I think there's an awakening happening and you're not going to be the only one doing that. You're not going to be the only one doing it. And then God, there's a, there's a core, there's a that come together in red hot apostolic burning fire, passionate prayer come together. And the next thing you know, you got prayer groups outside of Thursday nights. you got fellowship groups, prayer groups, Bible study groups. you got all of these things going on because revival starts here. It starts right here. It starts with me. The early model of the church, if you'll stand with me and I close with this, the early model church growth, listen to me, i got to be careful how I say this because I don't want to diminish, discount, discard, or in any way weaken the necessity of being in the house of God. But the early church growth model was based on house to house connections. it say? Acts 2 46 and they continued daily with one accord in the temple. We got that. And breaking bread from house to house. And in that day with a number of the disciples or or, the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. I want you to pray. We got, we're doing something different with Connect Group this year. Uh, uh, we start in March, March the 2nd. See, we're, we're, we're changing it up a little bit this year. We're doing something a little bit different. You know, when COVID hit, we, we just said, if you feel like having one, if you feel safe, you know, we're, we're ripping that out of the way. You, I mean, you ought to feel safe. You go, if you go to a grocery store anywhere, you ought to feel safe. Or if you buy groceries or check your mail. Now we're saying everybody needs to get in the Connect Group. To connect group, because what we're, our model is, what we're saying is, we're going to change it up. We, we've done the, we've tried the last Friday of every month. We've done the first Friday. We're going to change it up, and and we're going to do the first Thursday night of every month. We're going to go in a little bit more detail about this in the next coming weeks, because we want to make it available for you to host and to connect or to be a part, to support someone. We're going to have, we're going to make an appeal probably next week or the week after for those of you that will earnestly pray and say, okay, I'll, I'm going open my home or maybe I'm going to plan one at, at Pete's Coffee or Starbucks or something like that. I'm going to host one. We're going to have you sign up and then those that aren't able, for whatever reason, to host one, we're going to have you sign up for one of those that are available like we did in the beginning before and up until COVID to sign up you'll be assigned to a connect group for that semester and we're going to see listen I have I believe with all of my heart if we can get 51% of the church praying and connecting I'm gonna gonna really tweak you, Melvin. you ready for this you know they never prayed for revival in the New Testament one time you know what they prayed for boldness Just boldness that's it that's it Lord revive me I'm gonna wake up in the morning set your alarm with a revival starts at 535 you know alarm goes off revival maybe, maybe set your alarm with some shout music Okay, do it after the coffee, all right? Because you'll break your phone, all right? Revive me today, God. Revive me today. Revive me today. Revive me. Pray. Let the Holy Ghost revive you. Walk in the fullness of God's Spirit. Lord, now lead me to someone that I can connect with. Now, if you pray that prayer, but don't talk to anybody, you're wasting your breath. Say, God, lead me to something. You're actually going to have to go out. so I've been praying that prayer for 37 years, and God's never led me to anybody. Okay, well, you got to take the initiative. Open your mouth. The Bible said He'll fill it with words. Amen? Say, revival starts with me. Starts right here. Say, church growth starts with me. Starts right here. How many is going to have revival tomorrow? How many is going to be revival tomorrow? We get that reviving, the harvest. And listen to me, it's going to flow. Thursday night, I can't wait to see this place from 6.30 to 7.30 with people in here praying, not whispering, not melancholy, praying unto the Lord together, calling on the name of the Lord because I believe I believe God's going to allow us to see this place. God's going to add to the church such as should be saved. Would you lift your hands where you are right now? Amen. We could pray a prayer of commitment. We could pray a prayer of consecration. But why don't we pray right now, God, help me be obedient to your word. Help me, oh God, tomorrow when I wake up, Lord, let these words ring out in my spirit. Revive me, oh Lord. Revive me, oh Lord. Oh God, I pray, Lord, that I learned, oh Lord, last year to put your kingdom first. Now I need your kingdom to manifest in my life. And the only way I can do that is to daily, daily take up my cross and follow after you. Daily deny myself. Daily wake up and pray. Revive me, God. Revive me, God. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that 12 hours from now there's a mighty revival that has broke out in every person represented in this place. I pray that that the majority of people that are in this room right now will have spoken in tongues by, by the next 12 hours that revival begin in their life. That a revival begin to stir up within their hearts. In the name of Jesus, that church growth starts within them. That harvest starts within them. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, that's it. Hallelujah, stir me, revive me, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, revive me, God. I want to wake up tomorrow, Lord, determined to be revived in the spirit, oh God. Determined to start the church growth within me. In Jesus' name start my day focused on you, with my mind set on you, in the name of Jesus. While I'm in traffic, while I'm in commuting, oh God, Lord, I'm going to turn my mind and my focus to you. I want to meditate upon you, Lord. I want you to speak to me and reach over and just pray with somebody for a moment around you oh God revive us let that revival start within us right now let it start within me because I am the change you're looking for I'm the vessel you're looking for I'm the one that you can use God for more than just to be at church more than just being faithful to attendance Oh, God, on Sunday and Tuesday, but God, that higher plane of consecration, that deeper level of commitment with you, God, I'm going to have revival every morning I wake up. There's going to be a revival starting me every morning. I'm going to give an altar call every morning. I'm going to get the word in me every morning. I'm going to walk into my day filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to exemplify in my life the scripture that says from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. His name. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you. And so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week. In Jesus' name.